Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Brothers and sisters, it is the worst day ever for fake tough guys around the world because the man, the myth known as Jack Perry, he has planted his flag. He has put out the symbol and let everyone know that when a fake tough guy at your place of business sticks their nose in issues between you and management, we all know about this. We all have them at work. We've all experienced this. The fake tough guy at work wants to tell you how to do your job, wants to correct you, wants to act like they are in charge when they don't have the stripes to even speak to you about your job performance. They are not your evaluator. When a fake tough guy sticks their Pepsi-loving nose in your business, like what has reportedly happened to the man, the myth, Jack Perry in AEW, Jack Perry has let it be known. You stand your ground and you embarrass the fake tough guy. You let it be known, don't you ever stick your Pepsi-loving nose in grown folk business. And if you do, just like in the UFC, you will get your Pepsi-loving self torn up, just like reportedly. When fake tough guys try to step to the golden elite, you will get your Pepsi-loving nose torn up. Free my boy. Free the man, the myth known as Jack Perry, who stood up for everyone who has ever had to encounter fake tough guys in the workplace. On this special edition of the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, I am going to break down the biggest story in wrestling today, and I'll be joined with alleged CM Punk lover, Rob the Genius. You're locked in. This is what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke Loves Wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Welcome back to the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast, a show about pro wrestling and everything else. And let me tell you something. Free my boy. Free the man, the myth, Jack Perry, because the nonsense that has happened over the past few days has been tremendous. Okay. He has been set up. He has been put in a position where he's been suspended for things outside of his control because he had the audacity to stand up to a fake tough guy and treat him like a UFC jobber. That's right. That's right. Now, because this is Duke Loves Wrestling podcast and I am all about being fair and balanced, I have invited someone on the show to provide a different perspective. But before we get to that, let me just go over the facts here. Sports Illustrated has reported CM Punk and Jack Perry had an altercation at AEW's all-in pay-per-view, and as a result of that, they are both suspended pending investigation. So, (laughs) without further ado, you heard what I had to say. We are going to open it up to our man. You know, we love this guy, but uh, he is a, a CM Punk fan. I think he's wearing CM Punk underoos as we speak. Without further ado, welcome back to Duke Loves Wrestling, Rob the Genius. What's going on there, Rob? That was absolutely hilarious. Well, you know, Rob, it's this is what happens when fake tough guys who get beat up in the UFC, who allegedly uh, step to executives and try to try to push them around, and then they see what happens when that when when they do that, when they try to step to a man and a myth known as Jack Perry, fake tough guys perish. That's okay. what happens. Okay, right? okay, first of all, that's what happens, Robert. Okay, first of all, according to reports, Jack got choked out backstage. So, so, who, so how'd that go, how'd that work out for him? 
Um, I mean, you can you can believe any report that you want to believe. What we do oh, know, oh, right? So you're you're, what, you're believing certain reports. Okay. What we do, what well, what do we know is a fact? Both parties were suspended. Now, are you going to yes. tell me people get suspended for getting choked? No, people get suspended because they embarrass people who think they can choke. Okay, the man, the myth known as Jack Perry, <laughs> laughed in the face of the failed UFC fighter known as CM Punk when he tried to do a choke. The man, the myth, Jack Perry, laughed at him and told him, real glass, <coughs> real glass. <coughs> well, okay, well, that happened be- That happened before. I'm talking about Dern, Dern the choke. These are the reports I'm getting. I'm getting he laughed at him during the choke. Really? Okay, well, I haven't seen any of those. Um, what I saw is that a couple weeks ago, Jungle Boy you know, wanted to do a stunt with real glass. I was told, no, we don't do that here. And now, look, Punk has no official title, but from all reports, from all different sides, he had been empowered by Tony Khan to have some degree of creative authority or something. Okay, now, now you don't have to like that. You can say that well, Tony didn't give him an official title. I don't. No one has to listen to him. But apparently, Tony gave him enough juice to say no because he told him no, and the boy went home. Okay, he didn't stick around until he got to use the real glass that night. He went home. He left. So okay, so he got to use it on the pay per view. So okay. so so what does that mean, Rob? So so let's go on. Let me, let, okay. Let's take this frame so, by frame on, here. Okay. So so, <laughs> so what does that mean if he got to use real glass, Rob? That means the decision makers, right, in the end, allowed the real glass because the last time I checked, Jack Perry's not in charge of props. No, but the, all right, then, you go. You, now you go. Let me finish. All right. So yeah, at the pay per view, he got to use the real glass. Okay. All he had to do was say, you know what, I got what I wanted. So I'm just going to go out here and do it because, hey, I got what I wanted. But no, he has to be a little show pony or whatever. Or he got to show up for all his little friends backstage. Or oh, look, at, I'm going to stick it to the old CM Punk. Watch this. I got that. I'm going to watch this. And he goes out there and, he, and then on camera, this is the biggest show they've ever run. This is on live pay-per-view. He goes on camera. And decided to say, look, real glass, ha, ha, ha. He is supposed to be putting on a performance. You are, you are performing what is supposed to be a fight, a wrestling match. You are supposed to be getting the crowd involved. And you're supposed to be selling the audience watching on, on this being essentially a, a fight, a real fight. And he decides that he wants to be Deadpool. And he wants to, you know, break the fourth wall and wink at the camera. Okay, be- just to show that, hey, yeah, I got what I wanted, punk. Ha, ha, ha. And so, no, I'm sorry. That is not, you cannot call that is That is unprofessional. Okay, you got what you wanted. Then you go out there, you do your spot, you do the match like you're supposed to do it. All right. And you, and then, because again, you got what you wanted. You got to use the real glass. Okay. So you, why, why, why are you gloating on camera? Why are you taking away from the match that you're supposed to be performing? Why are you taking away from that? To, to do something that basically, and also, and who do you do it for? What, for some of his friends backstage? You're in front of all those people in Wembley Stadium. You're in front of all the people who ordered pay-per-view. Most of those people do not know this stuff. They don't know about this stuff. Most of them don't know about it. Most of them are there. They're either in the building to watch a wrestling show, or they ordered pay-per-view because they wanted to watch a wrestling show, and they don't read dirt sheets. They don't have all these, they don't know all these reports. Most of the people watching do not know all of this stuff, and you took an inside baseball jab on camera that did absolutely nothing to improve your match. It did absolutely nothing to increase, to you know, do any further business for the company you work for. That little jab that he threw out on camera did absolutely nothing for anybody. Well, okay? it, did, it did everything for Jungle Boy because now well, he's a talk of the town. And he's suspended. a talk of the town. He he's got a talk he of the town. Suspended. Oh, hold on a second. Hold on a second, bro. Because you caught up to me in in, in time there. Hold on a second. If we look look at this from this other perspective here, CM Punk, okay, the failed UFC fighter, 
the guy who I think he, at this point, he, he's 0-4 in real fights as far as we know because he lost two real fights in UFC as we know. Uh, reportedly, he lost the fight when he, when he tried to step to the Golden Elite. When you now, that he's losing, hey, now he's what, losing what the fight to, to, to the man, the myth, uh, Jack Perry. What report are you reading that said he lost? To, every report out there said that him and Ace still whooped their asses. I, I mean, if that's how you want to interpret it, but that's not how mm-hmm. I interpret it. I, I don't oh. know what you mean by that. Well, you, 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 <laughs> you running for the, the you running for president now, sir? <laughs> <laughs> but but hold on, don't don't try to sidetrack me now. So so here we have a guy with an inflated self ego, who yes he does assumes that suddenly he has the authority to boss his peers around. Now that's cool. If you want to be delusional, but when he stepped to a man, a myth, a man. Jack Perry, a man, Jack Perry, let CM Punk know in very certain terms, mind your business. And, and he should, because his discussion and negotiation in preparation for his match at the pay-per-view was with management. It was not with another wrestler, especially another wrestler who is a, a the biggest fake tough guy in the company, as we've seen him get his ass kicked over and over again. Okay? Uh, I don't need to discuss anything with you who thinks you're in charge, but you're not. You, you, you're the assistant manager to the assistant manager, right? He, he's, he's Dwight Schrute on, on, on The Office. That's who CM Punk is. So Punk thinks he laid the law down. We don't do that around here. Well, guess what? At the pay-per-view, it was real glass. And Jack Perry made it known to the world in case anyone had missed it. Look, real glass. All right? But again, again, so, again. so hold on. He's what, exercising what his he First Amendment right. What world did he make right? that known to? He made that known to some of his buddies in the back and people who were way deep in the bubble and follow the inside baseball stuff. Well, whoever he made it known to, he did it. Does that give the fake tough guy CM Punk the right to go choke him over that? Are you, you know, kidding no, me? No, no. no, it doesn't. No, it does no. <laughs> why has he confronted the guy for minding his own business? Because that's what the guy is essentially doing. The guy went to management. They had a, a difference of opinion. It took a process to negotiate. In the end, management gave him the green light, and he got his way. And he celebrated getting his way. Where is Punk in all this? Punk has nothing to do with it. He's not the agent on the match. He's not the owner of the company. He's not an executive vice president. There was nowhere in this process CM Punk has anything to do with it. He inserted okay. himself like he always does because he's a fake tough guy. He's a, he's a wannabe badass. He wants to be a leader. No one who, with any sense wants to follow a guy who brands Pepsi on his body and doesn't even get paid for it. He's a goofball. And he got treated like a goofball when he stepped to a man, the myth known as Jack Perry. That's okay. what happened. Well, actually, that's not – okay, so – Jack Perry got suspended. So again, he got suspended because he destroyed a fake tough guy, and and, and Tony Khan has to make it look good because, it's like, well, you know, that's our that's our cash cow. He's the best fake tough guy that we have in this company, and you're kind of making it known that he's not really tough. They already did that in the UFC. We can't. You, the, the executives already already did that here. We can't have you doing it too. Okay, excuse me. All right, so <laughs> you're exposing the poor fake tough guy. <laughs> well, first, look, listen, okay. Listen, he got suspended because he went out there and he antagonized the situation, okay? And he did it on camera, okay? If he does not look at the camera and say real glass, then there is no altercation afterwards. Well, hold on. It's his, it's his business. This is the part that you want to ignore. CM Punk had no business being involved at any I'm, stage. No. Dude, dude, look, I'm from a world where if you antagonize people, you can keep you can keep doing it if you want to, and maybe they shouldn't put hands on you, but one of them just might. But but you're putting hands on somebody over an issue that has nothing to do with you. Can we acknowledge that, Rob? Well, it does. If you're mocking me on camera, you well, hold on, hold on, me. hold on, hold on. Does the issue have anything to do with Punk? Whether or not Jack Perry uses real glass, what the hell does it have to do with CM Punk? Jack made it about Punk when he said something on camera. That's what Punk made it about Punk when he confronted Jack and got in his face about it beforehand. Punk had nothing to do with the issue, literally. No one asked Punk anything. Punk, It's not like Jack went to Punk and said, do I have permission to use glass? He told Punk to mind his damn business. 
You're not in charge. Where are you, where are you getting this from? Where are you? are not in charge. From? You don't come what, to me what, about my what, business. What, what, what National Enquirer tabloids are you getting this from? Listen, You're my literally... information. My information. You can you can bring it to the bank, cash it, and 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 you can sit on it. That's the way it is, Jack. Because it's the real stuff. Okay, I'm telling you right oh, now, you... Jack Perry <laughs> told that man to mind his business because CM Punk stuck his nose where it didn't belong. CM Punk had nothing to do with Jack Perry's match or whether or not he, he uses real glass. So why is he inserting himself into that? Start there. Because you talk shit about me on camera. That's why I inserted myself. No, no. Before that. Before that. When Punk inserted himself in it to begin with, why is Punk involved? Because apparently somebody, he came to him and he was given a... It is, look, there have been... Okay. There have been plenty of reports that Punk has, has had that was given some level of creative authority over the Saturday show. That has nothing to do with Jack Perry. He wasn't using real glass on the Saturday show. The whole discussion was about the pay-per-view. It was about the pay-per-view. No, he wanted to film the stunt on Saturday at, at the, where they filmed Collision. He wanted to do that's he. They were supposed to film the stunt there, and he wanted to use real glass, and Punk told him we don't do that here. Okay, so 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 let's say that your the, the reports that you believe are true then that means Punk got his way because it wasn't filmed on Saturday. It was filmed on Sunday at the pay-per-view, and it was done live in front of over 80,000 people, allegedly, right? So so what's Punk's beef? Punk got his way, and Jack got his way. So, so why is Punk escalating? If a man wants to say, hey, real glass, so what? What does that have to do with Punk? Punk got his way. He said Saturdays. He didn't say we don't do that here, period. Which he doesn't have the authority to say that anyway. Well, look, he well, he he got the authority. Well, he had the authority to shut it down when he did. Okay, because it yeah, didn't happen that Saturday. Oh, well, you okay. know what? Because there was a better there was a better place to do it. Well, fine. Management well, fine. gave Jack Perry. That's how much they respect and admire Jack Perry. They, they put him they on the biggest so stage they ever had. They respect him so much that they suspended him. After they had to suspend him. You 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 can't no, go around no, destroying the cash cow. I mean, look, CM Punk, I'm going to give this man the biggest compliment I've ever given him in his life. And Punk, I know that this is going to make you warm and fuzzy. There has never been a person who has been more effective at pretending to be a tough guy than CM Punk. We literally have seen this guy get his ass kicked in UFC by some very low-level fighters compared to the rest of the field. We know... That CM Punk talked real tough when he was sitting next to Tony Khan, who clearly is afraid of him. We know that when men stepped to him, okay, like Kenny Omega and his and his big flowing locks, and the Young Bucks and their receding locks, they stepped to him. Punk, you know, unfortunately, he had to go away for months. Okay, so you you can you can figure that one out. All right. I'm not saying that they injured him, but I am saying that he was gone for months. You figure that one out. Okay. So now he steps to Jack Perry and he has to go away again. I wonder if Punk is nursing some some residual effect of stepping to a man and myth like Jack Perry. Maybe Punk is afraid of the world to see what happens when you step to Jack Perry. Okay. Huh? So, so maybe why, why maybe he's this? wearing the mask of what happens when you oh, step to yeah. Jack Perry. Yeah. Jack Perry, I heard. <laughs> Stomped him out so much that there's a Coke bottle on 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 yeah, CM Punk's okay. face. Okay, that may be true. It may not be true, yeah, but I heard that. True. All right. Look, listen. Okay. First of all, Jack Perry. There've been again eyewitness accounts of Jack Perry being unprofessional at public appearances for crying out loud. Okay. I, I have I have heard those eyewitness accounts, so I won't I won't deny that. But that okay. that's not the point. Um, CM no, Punk has been far more. Okay, no, excuse me. You're going you're going you're going to see where I'm going with this. Okay. Okay, so th- there have been eyewitness accounts of him being unprofessional in public appearances. This is a guy who, for years, openly said, "I don't want to talk, cut promos," even though cutting promos is a part is a vital part of their job. This is a guy who openly did not want to do that because he wasn't good at it. He didn't like doing it. Well, he and looks pretty years, good to me. He looks pretty good. Years, excuse me, and and for years, his boss let him get away with that. Now, Tony Khan. First of all, I'm not a CM Punk fan, even okay. I'm not. I know. No, I'm not okay. Look, I've not been. I've never. I've not been a CM Punk fan ever since he talked shit about Roman Reigns. On all right. 
But first of all, all right, I'm now I'm siding with Punk here because quite frankly, Tony Khan has fostered an environment where the younger wrestlers for his company do not listen to any of the veterans. And that's been documented. That's been we have quotes on record from Billy Gunn, from Arn Anderson, from many others that from JR that these young people do not listen to them. And they go out and do all types of mud show bullshit on their shows, even though it's detrimental to everything. All right. So Tony Khan has fostered that environment. Okay. And he has fostered that. And then he brought CM Punk into that environment. And we all know CM Punk. Yes. Yeah, CM Punk is problematic. Okay. CM Punk is like, is like signing Terrell Owens to play on your football team. Okay. It's not going to last forever and it's going to end badly. And you know, it's going to go left sooner or later. All right. Tony Khan chose to bring him in. All right. It wasn't like Punk was already there and Tony bought the company and he was stuck with him. Okay, Tony went out and made a choice to bring that man into his wrestling company. And he did it with the notion, which has been proven, that it would bring him higher TV ratings and it would get him some higher gates and some more pay-per-view buys and all of those things. All of those things happened. And all of those and sold more merchandise. That is all documented. It is all true. Okay. So Tony did that. He took that gamble. He made a choice. He made a choice to introduce somebody like CM Punk into an environment where he had all where everyone was doing whatever the hell they wanted, except listening to the older folks. Okay. The whole all friends wrestling, it was not, I mean, it's a term people use to mock the company, but it's a, it's a way that those people there behaved. And Tony fostered that environment where people like Jack Perry could do whatever the hell they wanted and didn't have to listen to anybody. He fostered an environment where people like Hangman Page can get on the mic on a live TV segment and go into business for himself. Okay. Now, yes, did, did Punk overreact to those things? Yes. Did he react the wrong way to those things? Yes, he did. But that environment was created by Tony Khan. So when you create that environment where you have one group of people who feels like they can do whatever the hell they want, and then you bring in somebody who is notoriously thin-skinned and overreacts to all types of things and overreacts to even, you know, a perceived slight or bit of disrespect, okay? Tony Khan created that, okay? And therefore... And, oh, and by the way, Tony Khan had no problem taking the extra money when everything was going okay. So Tony Khan is at fault here. Tony Khan created this mess. Well, listen, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with you one bit. At the end of the day, you have to look at management. And I've always said that. My, my criticism, 99% of it is always fixated on management. Tony Khan in particular. So there's no question about that. This is the wrestling business. Okay, this is a business where people have notoriously walked down the middle of matches. This is a business where people have, where fights in the locker room happen all the time. This is a business where people do all types of unprofessional shit. Okay, and that's not doesn't make it right, but the, that business has a history of that type of stuff going on all the time. So if you you empower one group of people to do whatever the hell they want, and then you bring this combustible element into that locker room. And bring in and bring in a combustible a combustible element who is very likely likely to not get along with those people because they have entirely different philosophies on how to perform and how to work. So you have to you got to deal with the situation you created. If you're going to bring in CM Punk, well, guess what? That means you know what? That means if you're going to bring him in, that means you're going to sooner or later you're going to be end up letting some shit slide that you, that you normally you wouldn't want to. If you're going to empower people like the Bucks and Hangman Page and then ultimately Jack Perry, if you're going to empower them to just do whatever the hell they feel like doing, then yes, you're going to eventually have a situation like this where the, where the, where the sides are button heads. Yes, you, you're going to have that. It's going to happen when you create that environment. And so you have to, you have to deal with the people according to basically what you've empowered them to do, what you have, what you have enabled them to do. And so you have enabled people like Hangman Page and Jack Perry to, to run off at the mouth on camera, okay? And you have enabled people like CM Punk to, to yoke them up in the locker room. My answer is you either, you either, if you want to get rid of one, you should get rid of both of them. 
There's grounds to get rid of both of them. No, there's no there's no grounds to get rid of Jack Perry. That that That's is that is this man that, is un- that lacks facts. This okay. man's been unprofessional no. at public appearances. Absolutely not. We will this not tolerate that. We will we will we will shut AEW down. Okay. We will literally shut that place down. We will make it so no one watches that program if Jack Perry is uh let go, especially over something like this, where he he stood up for himself. Oh, okay. Jack Perry's well, been well, pushed around. He's been marginalized. <laughs> he's been mistreated by people oh, you who call him boy and all this other nonsense. Was a, was it was, a, it, was, was it was Jim Ross himself who had to fight. And I'm no fan of Jim Ross, but it was Jim Ross himself who had to fight to remind people that the man should be called Jack Perry. Why are we calling him boy? It doesn't make any sense. He needs to be a man if he's going to be taken seriously and if you want to make some money off of this guy. And finally, Jack realized, you know what? Jim Ross has a point because the way that the perception of being called boy has been translates to the way that he has been treated by his peers and by management. So as soon as Jack Perry decides, you know what? I'm going to be a man. And he stood up for himself, including when he came with a creative idea. And at first management, maybe they weren't as receptive to the idea, but Jack did what everybody else who is anyone in that company did, and he stuck to his guns and he continued to make his case. Now, CM Punk, because he doesn't respect Jack Perry enough, felt that he needs to step in and dress this young man down because he doesn't see a man, he sees a boy. But see, Jack Perry lets CM Punk know where he can go and how to get there. And CM Punk didn't like that because the insecurity inside of this guy, and I watched his documentary at WWE put out, so I'm not saying anything that's not true. You can send a cease and desist, and you can, and, and I'll literally wipe my backside with it, Punk. I'm not one of these little other people here where you can send cease and desist, and it matters. It doesn't matter to me. I'll see you in court, and discovery would be fantastic because the things that you've done in this industry that I know, I know what you did last summer type of stuff. I know what you've done, Punk. I would love to get you in a situation where we can bring all of that out. So you come play with me, big man. I'm ready. I love to dance. But the fact of the matter is you got a guy – who is so insecure because here we go again, where he's not able to assume the leadership position, just like he tried doing WWE when he was he was trying to tell people to clean up and all this other nonsense that if he sees another piece of trash anywhere, he's going to kick somebody's ass. And then Booker T literally threw a rapper on the ground. Okay. This is a guy who has a problem. And when people step back to him and give him the energy that he gives them, he doesn't know what to do. So he thinks he can try to throw shots, choke, do all these other nonsensical things because he's an unprofessional jerk. That's who he is with the Pepsi tattoo to his body like a goofball. So, Tony Khan, you need to manage that, that place. At the end of the day, it comes down to that. And I've said it time and time again. Is AEW a safe work environment? Is AEW a safe place that people can bring their families to? Because when we see a maniac or at least someone who's acting like a maniac, who's portraying a maniac in real life and CM Punk, you start to wonder, is this a safe environment? Because for somebody to get upset because somebody knocked on a car windshield and said, look, real glass, and you're going to turn that into you got to choke them out. I wouldn't want anyone's kids around a maniac like that. That's a maniac. That's a complete maniac who sits there all bloody eating a, eating a, a muffin, eating pastries, <laughs> And demands that executives come and talk to him. And then when they actually do the professional thing and they bring a member of HR and they go to speak to him and let him know that he's being unprofessional because that's their job. They are literally executives. They are literally in charge of creative. They're literally in charge of managing the talent. When they go to speak to him, it turns into people throwing chairs, beating up dogs and all kinds of other nonsense. (laughs) This is a person who is just completely unhinged. He literally took one of his best friends and talked trash about his mother, about his former best friend's mother in front of the world. This is not a person who is anyone that resembles respectful. This is not a person who resembles honor. This is a person that needs a lot of therapy and a lot of help, and he shouldn't even be able to work around people until he gets himself together. I agree with everything you just said. But here's the thing. That has not been a secret. All of us who were deeper in the bubble and who, who follow the inside baseball stuff, 
all the people who work in the business and have been around him, they all know that's how he is. It is not a secret. Okay. So it's real simple. And Tony Khan being Mr. Message Board guy going back 20 years, there's no way he didn't know that. Okay. And yet he chose to bring him in anyway. He so, so so wait, let me ask you this question. Is this the Hunger Games? Is is this Tony Khan taking real life people and having them literally harm each other for his enjoyment? Is that what this is this is what billionaires allegedly do, right? So is this no. human cockfighting type of stuff that Tony Khan is 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 partaking in? Because we can look at it like, oh, this guy's just a bad manager, which has always been my take. But now you got me thinking, Rob. Like you just said, it's not like he doesn't know that these problems exist. He knows as much, if not more, than we do about this. So is this literally a rich guy doing the world's most dangerous game, Hunger Games, whatever you want to call it, where they're literally having people be human cocks fighting with each other? No, I just think it's bad management. I think he, but, but like, okay, like all the teams that signed Terrell Owens, each new team thought that they would be, that they would get him to behave or that they would at least get him to behave long enough for them to win a Super Bowl. And then if it went south after that, they at least they got a Super Bowl ring. That's what all of those teams were hoping. That's what, and each one of those teams thought they were going to be the one to do it or that they could at least keep it under control long enough. T.O. was far more professional than CM Punk. Come on now. Far more professional. Okay. Well, I'm giving the example. T.O. never choked out any any of his his, uh, teammates. Come on now. He beat up like Hugh Douglas in the locker room, didn't he? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know nothing about that. I like Hugh. I don't know nothing about that. Okay. Um, (laughs) I mean, or you you can find a different, you know, Dennis Rodman, right? I mean, Chicago kept him under control long enough to get three rings. He ended up, you know, the places he went after Chicago, it didn't work out like that. It didn't, and it didn't work out like that, him like that in San Antonio either before he came to Chicago. All right. Um, these people are, you know, they got a long list of problems that are well known. And if you choose to do business with them, yes, every now and then it works out. But a lot of times it doesn't. And, you know, Marvel Studios. Robert Downey Jr. had a rap sheet a mile long. Robert Downey Jr. was in like the real jail, not the celebrity drunk tank. Okay. And he had a list of arrests and addiction issues a mile long. He couldn't even get insured to be on a movie set. If things had went south with Robert Downey Jr., we would all look to Marvel Studios like, well, what'd you hire him for? Okay. But in their case, it worked out. Okay. And well, well, listen. So, we we're, we're now we're talking about Robert Downey Jr. I know, listen, I, I, I think we I think I'm we agree that no, punk is a problem. Let me finish. Let me, I'm just saying that when you when you get in bed with these very well known problematic people who have these long, well known lists of issues and problems, but they have a certain talent and they have the potential to make you some money. When you get in bed with these people, then it's on you. And if they if they act the way that they've always acted, then, yeah, you can point out that they shouldn't have done it, but they've been doing it for years and you shouldn't be surprised. And if somebody pokes the bear. Whether and whether the bear then no, the bear should not have tried to bite his head off. No, but he didn't have to poke the bear either. And he knew exactly what the hell he was doing. Okay, don't let's please not act like he was shocked. That CM Punk took offense to it. Let's not. Let's please let's not do that. Yeah, okay. but but to hell with CM Punk's offense. Who cares about CM Punk's offense? He's offended about something that literally had nothing to do with him to begin with. Well, but okay, but at some point, <laughs> so, so so the hell with his offense. But, but why do that? Why do that? Why do because that? the hell with his offense. You have a right to have a relationship with whomever you directly report to, and you have a right to negotiate with them. Based on your job performance and, and your job expectations, where the hell does any of your peers come off inserting themselves into that and right, making it about I them? Actually, I got something for you. If that had happened on a show that was being run by Vincent Kennedy McMahon, and let's say that Punk didn't do anything. Let's say that Jungle Boy said that on camera and just came back to the back 
and there was no incident backstage. Just to say he said it on camera. They did the match. You came back to the back. You and I, we we all know that Vincent Kennedy McMahon would have chewed him the fuck out. Okay, well, well would, you're talking about a different him, company and a and, different person, and would have told him that don't you dare go on camera and do that bullshit ever again. Okay. okay, that's what happens when you have a person who knows how to manage people. Okay, so I mean, I don't know, I don't know the point you're making. Tony Khan is a terrible man. I think, I think you, you've convinced me he's doing it on purpose. I think the guy enjoys seeing the controversy, enjoys seeing the chaos, because he doesn't care. That's my assessment of Tony Khan and this nonsense. But before I let you go, I got, I got to get to something even not as big, but big enough. We we saw the pay per view. We saw that AEW was claiming that they had eighty over 81,000 people. In fact, Tony Khan said there was 9,000 people in the arena when you count comps and, and everybody who's working, um, which is interesting. Before I get to the validity of the number, we see the reports which started with Meltzer. I've done my research. It all started with Meltzer. Meltzer yeah. questioned WWE and their reporting of um, attendance figures, both attendance as far as how many people are in the building for all their events and attendance in terms of who paid. And Meltzer has always contended that there's no way that, you know, WrestleMania three had as many people as it did. There's no way that, uh, you know, any of the WrestleManias have as many people as they do. He's always contended that they're inflated numbers, but yet Meltzer has never been able to actually prove that. It's literally been his opinion, and he's provided some information why he feels that way, but there's never been a hardcore, this is a fact, this is not a fact. Meanwhile, you have the promotion, WWE, and you have the arenas who are standing pretty firm on the information. So it's very interesting that fast forward to 2023, and everyone is like, yeah, the WWE figures are not true. But suddenly, AEW a company that cannot consistently sell out 8,000-person arenas, a company that cannot draw, on average, consistently more than 50,000 viewers in the UK, suddenly they can pack 90,000 people at Wembley Stadium for a show that really was one of the least built shows that they've ever had. There was no long-term storytelling with this show, any match. And, and, and even the MJF and, and Adam Cole feud really is only a couple months long. It's not really the long-term storytelling you would expect for an event that would literally, allegedly, have the largest audience that we've ever seen uh, paid, right? So my question to you is, where does this come from? And, and what's your take on... Meltzer being the person that has everyone convinced that WWE somehow is lying, but AEW somehow is telling the truth in terms of attendance figures. Oh, well, look, he's obviously biased. Um, look, now, look, people lie about attendance figures all the time, okay? Um, in WWE's case, you know, since they've become publicly traded, um, you know, things like lying about paid attendance – is a little, you know, well, you can't really, you shouldn't really be doing that. Right? Well, it's illegal, right? Let's call it what yes. it is. That would be illegal because yes. you're, so, you're, 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 you're defrauding the, the investors. Yes. Um, so, misleading them. And that could be a major lawsuit, right? Now, now, of course, WrestleMania three was back in 1987. So it doesn't apply to that. Um, but people lie about tenants figures all the time. And look, and WWE would tell you, well, you know, if you, if you if you drilled down on them, they would tell you that we were counting all the people in the building, which, yeah, I mean, so it, I mean, when you count everyone in the building, yes, it adds up. It probably did add up to ninety three thousand people or something close to it. And even like even in this case, I mean, some else was even saying that there were nine thousand other people in the building, right? Um, but this look, it 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 doesn't matter. Nobody cares. It's just these are folks who again Meltzer and people like. The WrestleNomics guys, they provide good statistical information, but when it comes to their, you know, editorializing, they also have a hard-on to discredit anything that comes out of WWE, and so does Meltzer. We know that. Um, and Meltzer, in particular, has 
you know, hard on to, you know, inflate anything that comes out of AEW. Um, and look, we know, and with these things that sell all these tickets, okay, we know a lot of this, even for, look, for, for even for like concerts and whatnot, a lot of this stuff, it's ticket brokers that buy tickets up in bulk and then resell them. Uh, we know that. You know, we don't have to sit here and pretend that 80,000 individual people, individual people bought tickets. And that's or even 40,000 individual people bought two tickets. Like, and you know what I mean? Like, it, but, that, and, but that's the case for everything. That's the case, whether we're talking AEW, WWE. Uh, I don't I don't I wouldn't go that far with the WWE so much. I, I think that and you're somebody who's been to enough WWE events that you can account for it um, for yeah. the most part. Their attendance that you've seen at least over the past decade has been what's been reported. I mean, you could see that many people. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, they're not lying. They're not lying. In fact, you can see people outside still buying tickets from scalpers outside. You can see people at the box office trying to get last minute box office tickets. So now we know that I got I just I tried to get a a WrestleMania ticket. See what I mean? But but and I kept getting squeezed out because people are buying, you know, two tickets. Yeah, they were bulk. They were bulk. Let me ask you this, though. Yeah. When you consider the fact that a company that doesn't draw on TV, that a company that really is is doing poorly with live event ticket sales, if they could draw 81,000 paid, 9,000 total in a building, whether it be in England or not, doesn't that say that there's an opportunity for other companies to be able to do something, even if they did a, a, a quarter as much? If it were possible for a non-WWE, WWE with all their over 50 years of history and all that other nonsense, WWE, you know, this $10 billion plus valuated uh, company, we expect them to do big numbers because they have the ability to do big numbers. If a company that's less than six years old can come around, and if it's true that they can draw that many people, why aren't promotions Already in England, <laughs> drawing, well, you know what I mean? They're not even drawing 30,000 people. They can't. They're not even drawing 10,000 people. I was well, looking that, at Impact's figures. The most Impact ever drew over there is, is like 10,000 people. Well, I, think that's, I mean, there's a certain infrastructure you have to have to move that many tickets. Um, and and look, in this case, there hasn't been a big sh- – there had not been a big show in Wembley Stadium for a very long time. Yeah, but there's a reason for that. Wembley, England wasn't paying WWE the money that Cardiff gave them, so that's why WWE went to Cardiff. Yes. You know what right I mean? Now. So it's not that WWE couldn't do it. It's just that you got to pay us to do it. But right. let's let's be honest here, though. Regardless of any of that, even on a smaller scale, there is no wrestling event, non-WWE, that has ever drawn more than 10,000 people in England before that up to this up to this year. So it it's improbable that AEW was able to do something like that without funny business. It doesn't make any sense. And, and you're a statistics guy. So I'm yeah. not even asking you to to have an emotional attachment. Just looking at the facts. The facts of no one else can do this. The facts that even impact in their history and their infrastructure, no one else can do this. How is AEW in the state that they're in, which is one of the worst years that they've had since their existence? And that card was not a super card by any stretch of the imagination. That was a very basic, normal AEW card when you consider it. It really wasn't a super card. There were no big names on that card relative to what the industry is. So the biggest name on the card was CM Punk. Which is they didn't have Goldberg, they didn't have John Cena. They, they, you know what I mean. It's like the biggest name on the card was CM Punk, and the next biggest name after him was who? Oh, actually, I think um, well, Sting. Sting. Can't, can't, and Sting might be a bigger name than CM Punk. Okay, I, I don't. I think I think CM Punk draws more than, than Sting in twenty twenty three, but historic name. So I'll give you that. So well, you have well, in Sting's case, these are you. You have a market where now. Some of those people never saw him before. True, and, and this may be your only time to ever see him. Yeah, that, that's probably his last match. There's no, I, I don't think there's. Or even much if it's question. not, this is going. 
this would be those people over there in that market. This would be their last or maybe only chance ever to see Sting in person. Absolutely. Um, Don't rule that out. So, okay. So don't don't underestimate that. So I'll give you Sting. I'll give you Punk. I, I could even give you Jericho. Yeah. And then you have a tremendous drop off after that. Yes. And we know it's a drop off because these guys can't sell tickets. These guys don't do well in live events. These guys don't sell a lot of merchandise overall. There are there are jumps here and there in their small world, but overall, in terms of breaking through to mainstream and what have you, without those three names, these guys really don't do well. The rest of the team combined. How the hell am I supposed to believe that that roster and that card in this company in the current state that it's in that can't even get a TV deal? They're still they're still having trouble securing that. I'm supposed to believe that they were somehow able to sell that many tickets in the, in a market that's not a good market. It just doesn't make sense. Well, okay, like so again, statistically, it doesn't make sense. It's a no, problem. But I, but, well, I'm, the factors here that could okay, there, there's at least reason to believe that they could sell a lot of tickets, and that is they've never sold more than twenty thousand. <laughs> well, Come on. Well, for one, okay, again, this is this is a market today. How's that for infrastructure? Okay, but listen, listen, to, hear me out, hear me out. This is a market that they they've never done a live, a live show that, at all, so that it's first time. You have some again, some guys on that show who, if you don't see them now, you you probably never get to see them again. So three, yeah, we named them Punk, Sting, and Chris Jericho. Okay. Uh, so there, there are factors there that can definitely amount to a larger than usual sale of tickets. Yes. Um, now, now look, I was surprised as hell that they got up to eighty thousand tickets, and I don't think they're lying about having sold eighty thousand tickets. It's just a question of who bought them. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right? Well, that's, sure. I mean, you know that there was buy one get ones. There was there was comps yeah, on the yeah, cable were, company you know, they, they stuff. Had four for one deals. They had yeah. comps. Now, as far as like some type of malfeasance, um, that's a pretty big accusation to make. And Rob, is it statistically? Is it statistically based on all the factors? Um, statistically, does it make sense or is it improbable? It's as simple as that. Do you do you feel that it's improbable that they could have done that straight up? Um, I'd say it raises red flags. Um, is it improbable? <laughs> <laughs> that's the word. It either is or it isn't. You know, no, they could they could pull that off despite all that um, because they're just a lucky they they got well, lightning in a bottle. <laughs> well, the thing is, we'll find out next year because they're coming back next year. That's when we'll find out. Um, they could play the same game next year. I don't. I don't. We don't have to wait till next year, bro. Well, no one it, watches it, their show. It won't. Their work show. You have pointed out that their show is stagnant. Their viewership has been stagnant. Their their numbers in terms of live events are actually low. They're lower than they have been. Every metric that they have, and, and Tony Khan just went on record admitting that they're still not profitable. So that's how you know they're not making money. I mean, that's how you know that they're they're having a tough time because they're not even making a profit. Even with this event, let's say that those were all real sales. Even with this event, they're not going to be profitable. Tony Khan went on the record and stated that they need their next TV deal to happen, which is going to have to be at least two or three X more than what they, they currently have. So they're going to have to have at least a, a, a TV deal that's around 80 to $120 million per year in order for them to have enough money to cover their bills. They can't turn a profit without it. So yeah. you're telling me that company was able to draw that many people? Well, first of all, were there that many people in the stands? No, we know that. Okay, so um, again, so they they had so a lot of those look a lot of those buy one get four people bought one they got four and they didn't use them. <laughs> okay, so there's that. Um, if you, I mean, if you sell them, if you lower the price low enough, people will. I mean, people will buy them just because, right? Um, and again, like and again, buy one get four. So. You don't have to sell 80,000 individual tickets, right? You can sell 20,000 individual tickets. You can have 20,000 individual buyers at four for one and you sold 80,000 tickets. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So 
look, I mean, there's, look, there's definitely, yes, there's fuzzy math going on here. Okay. It's, it's just, there's a difference between fuzzy math that is still honest, but, or, and, and just blatant, you know, um, misleading. Uh, Do you think they took a loss on this event? Let, let's, let's take it that way then. Do you think it's financially they um, took a loss? Because um, they did not get a site fee, which WWE, is, as we know, is now no. getting these cities to give them site fees yep. uh, for these big events. So they did. there was no reporting that they got any type of site fee. Um, and, you know, whatever it cost to rent Wembley Stadium and then the production for that big of a venue, um, the travel for all the people, um, you know, all of those things. Um, yes, it is very possible that they that they did not clear, uh, did not, did they, especially when you're selling four for one ticket. So you're not making you're not making that much off the gate. Now the gate is going to be some number that sounds really good because just because, right? I mean, if you sell twenty thousand tickets at a hundred dollars a piece, that's what that's still like two million dollar gate, right? And if you go around and say, and if you go around, and you start saying two million dollar gate, that's more than most most wrestling companies make 90% of the time. Yeah. And I think they, they've already announced, they've claimed a $10 million gate, but because they're not a publicly traded company, um, I don't, there's no way to confirm that, you know? Well, no. And, and I'm I'm not, I won't accuse them of lying until we get some, I'm accusing them of lying. (laughs) I'm absolutely accusing them of lying. I I won't, uh, but you know, and I would love for Tony Khan to to step to me about that. Cause open your books. Simple as that. Open your books, Tony. Yeah, uh, and so, um, I mean, you can he can come out and say it all he wants again, but he doesn't have to show us. Um, so, but do I think it's very? It is possible that they did not finish in the black on this. Absolutely, because um, whatever the gate was, you know, there's there's the costs, the costs of you know renting the building, the costs of again all the travel, all the production, all the stuff you had to do. So, yeah, it is possible that. It, that at least they did not clear a profit, you know, from the building and from the from the gate. Um, now we'll see. You know, of course, you know we will have, we'll know, you know, sometime in the future what the pay per view buys were. Um, and we know those would be low for for many factors. Those would be low. People people weren't interested in buying this event. They're certainly not going to buy the one that's happening this weekend. Well, I think um, well, I think well, I think well, I think the one this weekend is going to be the one that takes the takes the real bath. Yeah, yeah, um, but you know, people are streaming, people are doing other things. They're not spending money on AEW when you give them a card that, quite frankly, is weak. People and, aren't going to invest in that. Oh, and um, this, and, well, and this is another problem that you know I've kind of pointed out there. Um, their whole pay per view strategy is it's just it's to me it's not sound. Um, it's a big barrier to entry for people who people who might be interested, maybe who might be curious about ordering one of their shows. Uh, there's just a real barrier to entry, you know, because either whether it's ordering on pay per view and paying fifty bucks or going through Bleacher Report Live, which stinks as a streaming outlet. Because um, I look, um, Impact Wrestling, they have all their stuff on Fight TV. Fight TV is a much superior application to Bleacher Report Live, and I've ordered many things on Fight TV, and Fight TV works great. And if AEW had their stuff on, well, now the funny thing is they are on Fight TV outside of the U.S. Well, you, you got to remember though, WBD owns Bleacher Report, Bleacher Report Live, so part of that is just yeah, we got to use the stuff. in-house option. You know and what honestly, I mean? They, well, they they would be better off if they yeah, didn't. I agree um, because. I agree. Impact pay reviews are very easy to order. I've ordered several of them through Fight TV, and I yeah, but ain't nobody watching Impact. Don't don't get there. Don't go there. We, we, well, we don't I need do. to. We don't need to do this. We, well, we don't you know need what? to. Well, <laughs> nobody watches until you do, right? and I do. And nobody's so that's that's another product that they've they've they have devalued their company so much with such poor quality um, product that even when they give you good product, there's no one there. There's very few people there to watch because. You've de- you've devalued your your product your your name value just completely. Hey, yes. Well, the, you know, yes, they, and look, they're still paying for that, obviously. Yeah, and they but will. Will, you will. You let AEW bury you. They but will. I maintain. I maintain that they. You know, we've talked about the various issues with booking women's wrestling this year. If you're talking about who's booked their women's division the best out of all these wrestling companies, it is Impact Wrestling. 
Yeah, I, I don't know about that, but I, I will I will give you that because I haven't watched enough. Well, I've, I will, I've I only seen what, clips. I read the I've reviews, watched, I've, but I haven't I've watched. watched it all year, and I've been watching it for a few years now. I can tell you that they book their women's division better than any other wrestling company. Yeah, but you also think Deanna Perrazzo is a good wrestler, so that that tells and me that tells me about? everything I need to know about no, your good, impression good. of what is no, good and what's is. not good. Okay, she's um, an excellent wrestler. Okay. You know. I, I, I'll say this, though. I'll say this overall. I think that we're headed for a reckoning because if AEW doesn't get this deal... First of all, Warner Bros. Discovery is the only company that they're negotiating with and because yes. there's no one else that would be crazy enough to pay them what they're asking for. If they can't get this deal done, this company is going to go bankrupt. And I know that everyone keeps laughing and, and thinking that I'm crazy for saying this because, well, Tony Khan is funny. No, no, no. You don't understand. I'm looking at the history of what Shad Khan does with companies that he owns when he's done with them. And it doesn't make sense to continue to put money into something that we're going on, what, five years now? Still hasn't turned a profit. At some point, you got to cut bait. We know the video game experiment was a failure. Yes. They they put out UK stream numbers, Steam numbers, for the first week, and then they stopped talking about everything. We, we've never gotten US charts. We've never gotten console charts. We have no idea how many units they've moved, right? Why is that? <laughs> I've checked every single US chart. I can't even find the game. The game is not even listed on any chart, and it never has been. So the only thing we have is Steam, and even when we look at that, they lost over 80% of their of their players. Like immediately, people played the game, beat it and never came back. So you spent all that time and and all that money investing in something that put your company in the red and you still haven't recovered from that. That's embarrassing. So, I don't think Shad Khan is going to continue much longer on this. Uh yeah, um, and well, look, and they don't exactly have a good history of running companies as it is. Because remember, the Jacksonville Jaguars for a couple of years were on the "do not sign with this team" list. <laughs> the NFLPA told the players that if you're a free agent and you got some other options, don't sign with Jacksonville. <laughs> okay, um, you know, <laughs> and um, so yeah, I mean. We'll see, and I guess, but look, that's that's always my take is always look. I'm a, you know, you, look, I analyze stuff after it happens. I, I'm not in the prediction business. Uh, I can tell you what it looks like things are shaping up to be. Um, so yeah, look, I mean, obviously, look, everything hinges on the TV deal, and and that's true for, but that's true for every sports or sports like product out there. Like the the value of every sports league is the TV deal for the NFL, the NBA, everything, right? Um, you cannot support 32 NFL teams off of ticket sales and merchandise. It is the TV deal is why you're a 32 NFL team. Uh, and so, yes, AEW is badly will need this TV deal. And look, WWE, they, you know, their, whatever their TV deal ends up being is going to dictate how they move forward afterwards. Yeah, but there's a difference. Everyone's trying to get WWE. No one's trying to get AEW. True. And, yeah, and, and listen, I, I hope it works. I hope I hope W I hope AEW gets a new deal. And it would be nice if they stay with WBD because I do think, like everyone speculated, that moving over to Max is something that would make a lot of sense. At least some of that content going over there. The live events being on Max, where people just pay the subscription fee for Max, and now you get to see all the pay per views that you want. I think that makes sense. So I hope WBD does it, but WBD has to do what makes the most business sense. And if AEW is not making business sense in terms of generating the advertising revenue, and we know traditionally they really haven't, um, then that's a problem. And for a company that's still cutting because they got to balance their books. That's a concern, and that's a big concern for for it should be a big concern for Tony Khan. So, are you doing what you su- are supposed to be doing 
to position that company in a manner where they can be attractive enough that's that a that a television company television network can feel comfortable enough to invest in you and allow you to air on their networks and with the nonsense we see going on where the stuff that everyone wants to talk about is behind the scenes because the stuff on camera is just not good the sexism only one women's match at your biggest event ever you did it again every big event they ever had is only one women's match you got to wonder where is tony khan's head at in terms of being a guy running a business you know well, he's he's still very much a fan he's a, he's a wrestling fan running a wrestling company and if if you or I were running a wrestling company there would be some you know there would very likely be some big <laughs> mistakes that we we made right because you have your kind of you know you have your vantage point as a fan and um and it, it is going to shade the way you want to, you know, who you want to sign and how you want to book stuff and all that type of thing. Um, I'll tell you so, what, I wouldn't have Chris Jericho on my on my staff with some of the nonsense he's been involved in and, and the stuff people have covered up with him. Well, I mean, he, he wouldn't be on my not, team. I wouldn't trust that guy around anyone. Well, wrestlers should not be in, in management. OK, um, they just shouldn't. Uh, not, I mean, I'm sorry, that, that is a notoriously cutthroat and competitive business amongst the talent, right? Before we even get to management and labor, uh, you know, amongst the wrestlers themselves, it is a notoriously hyper-competitive cutthroat business. Um, having any of them in management where they, you know, can put a thumb on the scale for themselves or against somebody else is just not a good idea. Yeah, I listen, we agree on that much at least. Let everybody know, Rob, what's the best way they can keep in touch with you if they want to hear more about your uh, love and adoration for CM Punk? Oh, Look, I do. Again, I am not a CM Punk fan at all. Okay. It's just in in these particular cases, look, I side with people. If I, if I know, if you, if I know what I'm getting with you and you simply do what I know, what I know that you're prone to do, I tend to not admonish you for that because you know, I should, you know, hey, somebody knew how you operated and they chose to bring you in. Okay. Um, and to me, I'm always going to put that on the person who chose to bring you in. But anyway, uh, you can hear me every week on the Mindless Wrestling Podcast with DJ and Jason. We're part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Uh, if you want to argue with me on Twitter, um, you can find me at R-B-O-N-N-E-1 on Twitter. That's the best way to... Yes, that's the best way to communicate with me. Now, folks, unfortunately, Rob is not going to argue with you the way that I do. Um, he he will walk away from you before he really has to straighten you out, unfortunately. But you're probably better off because Rob will cuss you out. And uh, I'll just call <laughs> you a humanoid. But Rob will, will get very he'll get very Southern and very specific about all the ways you can do things to yourself. So. <laughs> <laughs> His name is Rob the Genius. He uh, has to admit that the man, the myth, Jack Perry, is the true best in the world. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thank you, man. Let's talk hydration. See, I carry something to drink with me every single place that I go because I am concerned about being dehydrated. It runs in the family. Everything from dry mouth, dizzy spells, fainting, it's pretty serious. And I've tried all the different types of waters and sports drinks. Let me tell you something right now. Liquid IV. That has been the most efficient at keeping me hydrated and doing so pretty quickly. Okay, Liquid IV has five essential vitamins and is two times faster at keeping you hydrated than water alone. And I'm serious, man. Everything from vitamin C to vitamins B3, B5, B6, B12... Liquid IV also is non-GMO, so it's free from gluten, dairy, soy. So for all you folks out there with food allergies, this may be right up your alley. And I know what you're thinking, but how does it taste, Duke? Well, it tastes pretty good. Okay, we're talking my favorite in pina colada. They also have tropical punch, strawberry, new flavors like sea berry and strawberry lemonade. Huh. 
can enjoy this stuff, man. But don't take my word for it. I want you to stop what you're doing right now and head over to liquidiv.com. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling so you get 20% off your entire order. I mean, anything that you order on liquidiv.com. So what are you waiting for? It's time for you to shop better hydration today. Use the promo code Duke Loves Wrestling over at liquidiv.com. Save yourself 20%. Stay hydrated. Most importantly, enjoy life. That's right. This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling. 